Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Sky Guasco. You are listening to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod and on Twitter at tck underscore pod. You can find all of our rankings and multiple articles at tckpod.com. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. What up, TCK Potters? Happy Monday. Have to be back with you with another episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast, a.k.a. TCK Pod. This is episode 290. We are breaking down the week seven ballers and stallers heading into week eight. I am your host, Sky Guasco, rolling solo per usual. We got a big week for you this week. Tomorrow we'll be bringing in Dweez Nuts for the Stat Rat episode, as we always do Wednesday. Lucas, or excuse me, we'll be bringing in uh, Bobby from the X Factor to bring in the early games Lucas for the late games on Thursday and Chris Benavides coming in on Friday for the TCK recap and preview for week seven and eight. And we are uh, quickly approaching week uh, episode 300. So make sure you send in our DMS. We've got some great suggestions so far, some uh, guest requests, uh, both independent and some bigger names. I've reached out to some folks and uh, hoping for the best here for a 300th episode. Let's see what we can uh, get. But send in any of your recommendations to uh, the DMs. That's uh, on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod or on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. All right, Joe, we got a lot of information to get into. So let's start right off the bat here with the quarterbacks. The ballers in six-point passing touchdown leagues up at the top here. This is 20 points or more for quarterbacks. My man's. Justin Herbert, shouts out to the Ducks. I'm a big fan of Justin Herbert. If you've been listening to the program for a while, you know uh, my love affair with Justin Herbert here. I watched him in high school here in Eugene at Sheldon High School. I watched him at University of Oregon, of course, right down the street from my house. And uh, super, super pumped that he's being so successful here in the pros for the Chargers. 38 fantasy points, 347 and three through the air, nine carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. On the ground as well, if you saw that rushing touchdown, it was quite impressive with kind of a duke and then a dive for the uh, pylon or dive for the goal line, I should say. Uh, Justin Herbert's the real deal. So um, I'm sure he's not available on waivers anymore, but you probably got this last week to scoop him up for the second half of the season. Next up, Kyler Murray, 37 points against Seattle. Excellent game for him. 360 through the air, three touchdowns, 14 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown on the ground for him as well. He has a touchdown in every single game this year tom brady turning back the clock qb3 on the week 369 and four touchdowns he also had a quick qb sneak for a fifth touchdown on the ground there joe burrow 406 career high three touchdowns and one rushing as well 33 fantasy points so the top four quarterbacks this week all had rushing touchdowns herbert murray brady and burrow russell wilson rounds out the top five 388 and three Six carries for 84 yards on the ground there for Russell Wilson. Baker Mayfield, 297 and five. This came after Odell Beckham was lost for the season with a torn ACL. So, of course, he will be 
out there uh, kind of w- worried about his week one 2021 um, availability. So keep an eye on Odell, of course, in redraft. He's droppable. But uh, in keeper leagues or dynasty, I wouldn't drop him just yet until we get the report on his recovery. But not looking good for Odell, unfortunately. Baker <clears throat> looked very good after the fact, though. Again, 297 and five. Carson Wentz, 359 and two. He also had a rushing score. Aaron Rodgers, 283 and four, making easy work of Houston. Deshaun Watson in the same game, 309 and two, 38 yards on the ground. Drew Brees, 287 and two. He also had his patented Drew Brees kind of jump, reach, touchdown on the goal line there. Daniel Jones, 187 and two touchdowns, four carries, 92 yards on the ground. We all saw the stumbling, fumbling. Uh, situation there for uh, Daniel Jones, but nonetheless, that was an 80-yard run, so he gets a, a handful of points there from that. A couple honorable mentions for the uh, ballers on the week. Derek Carr, uh, 19 points. Teddy Bridgewater, 19 points. Gardner Minshew, 19 points. Matt Stafford, 18 points. Most of it came on the final drive of the game. Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill also had 17 fantasy points. Let's go to some single digits here that may have let you down. Jimmy G, just 277, no touchdowns. Two picks, Nick Foles, yikes. I mean, you're only starting him in super flex leagues, but 261, no touchdowns and two picks. Andy Dalton maybe started in super flex leagues. If you were stuck 75 yards in a pick before he went out with a gruesome uh, kind of illegal hit, um, which knocked his helmet off and put him in the concussion protocol, he is going to be out most likely for this upcoming game this week. Ben DiNucci comes in as the third string quarterback for the uh, Cowboys, <clears throat> Jared Stidham wasn't started, but Cam Newton was pulled uh, halfway through that game. The Niners were beating up on him 33 to six. So Jared Stidham, I don't think he'll get the start, but something to monitor there in New England and Sam Darnold, 120, no touchdowns and two picks there for the quarterback ballers and stallers. Let's jump into the running backs here. My man's Jeff Wilson up at the top for the 49ers. There was a lot of discussion with Raheem Mostert being out, Tevin Coleman still being out. Was Jarek McKinnon going to be the head guy? He was started in almost every league. Jeff Wilson was not, as he was questionable coming in. We had Jermichael Hasty, who was getting some work late last week, um, looked good. But Jeff Wilson got it done before he left with a high ankle sprain uh, and most likely on IR. I haven't gotten a report by the time of this episode, but um, I, I see him being on IR as well. 17 carries. 112 yards and three touchdowns for Jeff Wilson. I made a claim earlier this season. It was my, uh, it was either a bold prediction or a crazy call. I can't remember which one, but either way, it was Jeff Wilson is going to be this year's Raheem Mostert. And look, I mean, he hasn't played as much as Raheem Mostert, obviously, but when he's gotten the opportunity, he's gotten it done. So I'm going to give myself about 80% credit on that. We'll see what happens down the stretch here for the 49ers. Tevin Coleman. Set to return from IR potentially this week. We'll see if he actually comes in for Seattle. Jarek McKinnon was getting quote unquote rested, uh, but I think he got benched because he just can't trust him. Jermichael Hasty, who's the fifth guy in line uh, coming up here uh, hot for the 49ers. So I'll talk about more of the Tevin Coleman and Jermichael Hasty specifically at the end of this episode when I go into some waiver wire ads. But the 49ers, man, it's a tricky situation, but that's why you build depth at that position. Kyle Shanahan playing it as best he can. James Robinson having a great season for the Jaguars pretty behind uh, you know behind the bigger names obviously but he's had a great season number two on the year 
He has 22 carries, 119 yards and a touchdown. He also had four receptions, 18 yards and a touchdown on six targets as well. Number two on the week, number two on the year. Alvin Kamara, the number one running back in fantasy football this season, 14 carries, 83 yards, uh, eight receptions on eight targets, 65 yards. So no touchdown for Alvin Kamara, but still 22 PPR fantasy points. Todd Gurley, great game, 23 carries, 63 yards and two touchdowns, 22 fantasy points for him. Chase Edmonds, five for 58 on the ground, seven for 87 through the air. No touchdowns, but great game from him. I will talk about Chase Edmonds in the waiver wire column as well, but Kenyon Drake, unfortunately, left this game, will be set on IR. Chase Edmonds is going to be the guy for next, at least the next uh, four, you know, three to four weeks for the Cardinals, and he has been getting great work in the passing game already, so I expect him to get even more with Kenyon Drake out. Jamal Williams filling in for Aaron Jones, 19 carries, 77 yards, and a touchdown, four for 37 through the air. Giovanni Bernard filling in for Joe Mixon, 13 for 37, five for 59, and a score late in the game. Kareem Hunt, 18 for 76 on the ground, three for 26 in the touchdown through the air. Antonio Gibson, 20 for 128 and a touchdown. I want to give a shout-out to anybody who was in the uh, morning chat on Instagram. I jump on IG Live an hour before kickoff every Sunday. There was a number of Antonio Gibson questions, and I pretty much went against Antonio Gibson in every one of those circumstances. And uh, I just want to apologize because he ended up having a great game um, as far as fantasy points go. But my reasoning was that he's not going to get work in the passing game. That goes to J.D. McKissick, and that was correct. He had one target, no catches. So he had a great game on the ground, 20 for 128 and a score um, in a blowout against the Cowboys. But uh, again, I gave the Cowboys too much credit two weeks in a row here, thinking they would have a little bit of pride. They clearly do not. So my bad on the Antonio Gibson fades. If you faded him on account to me, you played somebody else that uh, didn't do so well. Uh, I'm going to wear that. So I apologize this week. I think the thinking process was correct on that. Um, I stand by my decision pregame on, you know, fading Antonio Gibson based on the rest of the history this season. But uh, look, man, I mean, 20 carries uh, you can't get away from. And obviously over 100 yards and a touchdown is great by anybody. So uh, apologies there if I I burned you um, unintentionally. Boston Scott filling in for Miles Sanders, 12 for 46 on the ground. Three for 46 in the last second touchdown with 14 seconds left on Thursday night to uh, beat the Giants. Carlos Hyde fills in for Chris Carson late. We'll see if he gets the full start this week or if it's DJ Dallas. I'll talk about those uh, running backs in the waiver column as well at the end of the episode. David Johnson, Wayne Gallman, Leonard Fournette, and Derrick Henry all over 15 fantasy points in PPR. A couple honorable mentions. DeAndre Swift has another nice game. Nine for 27 and a touchdown four for 21. So again, if he doesn't score, he's only got about eight, nine fantasy points, but he does get in the end zone. And I think he's a a weekly start as an RB three RB two with bye weeks and certainly a flex option. If you need it there, James Conner, honorable mention 20 carries 23 touches total over hundred yards. Uh, You like to see that from James Conner. Again, if he's healthy, you fire him up automatic. Another couple of names here. LaMichael P Ryan played well for the jets. It's still the Jets, So I don't expect big games from him, but he did get, uh, 13 touches and he did have a score. So against a tough Buffalo defense. So if you're stuck and he's under waiver column, you can go look at, um, LaMichael P Ryan as well. CEH doesn't completely fade away. He does score in this game with uh, Le'Veon Bell getting his first touches, but nine touches total for, uh, CEH 63 total yards. Um, not loving that obviously if he doesn't score, but he was able to get it in a little bit. So keep an eye on CEH, but, um, 
you know, again, it's hard to sit him. If you can trade him, go ahead. But I think the uh, cat's out of the bag. As far as Le'Veon Bell himself, six carries, 39 yards, but no work in the passing game there at all. A couple stallers on that side, maybe some guys that you played that had uh, less than 12 fantasy points. David Montgomery, 14 carries, 48 yards, five catches, 21 yards, no score there. Malcolm Brown probably wasn't started much. He did have a touchdown, so it was actually an impressive game for Malcolm Brown. Kind of stole that thunder from Darrell Henderson, who had 17 total touches and 77 total yards. So Darrell Henderson, unfortunately, a staller. Malcolm Brown was probably not started, but if you uh, streamed him, he may have gotten you uh, some, some decent work there as a flex. Uh, Ronald Jones, after three consecutive 100-yard games against a plus matchup with the Raiders, 13 carries, 34 yards, and a touchdown, but just one catch for two yards. It looks like Leonard Fournette is going to be in the building uh, in that pass-catching role, and it sounds like um, uh, Arians wants him to be in that role. So keep an eye on that. I mean, seven targets, six catches, and 47 yards for Leonard Fournette, 11 carries, and 50 yards. So this could be more of a timeshare now that Leonard Fournette is accustomed to the offense. So Pay attention on that. Justin Jackson, just 10 total touches, 55 total yards. There, Joshua Kelly, 17 total touches, um, 53 total yards there. So pretty equal output. Neither one of them scored there for the Chargers. Zach Moss, 10 total touches, seven or excuse me, 82 total yards from him. Mike Davis, 12 total touches, 36 total yards, no touchdowns. Looks like Christian McCaffrey returned to practice this week. He uh, removed his uh, non-contact jersey, wore a helmet, getting a full practice in. I still think it's a long shot. He plays this Thursday against Atlanta to give him one more week to make sure that they're okay. Um, but I do, I do think that um, you know when Christian McCaffrey comes back, the Mike Davis is still rosterable a and b potentially still an RB two, RB three, just in case uh, Christian McCaffrey can't go or he gets a hiccup. But Look, we saw what Mike Davis was able to do most of the rest of the season, and the Saints uh, annually have a great rushing defense. So um, definitely a bummer here, but I do expect uh, better days from Mike Davis as long as Christian McCaffrey is out, especially this week against Atlanta, and of course CMC is CMC when he comes back. Philip Lindsay, nine carries, 79 yards. It looks like he's the number one back, if healthy, ahead of uh, Mel uh, Melvin Gordon, but uh, Melvin Gordon got the bulk of the work and fantasy points this week. J.D. McKissick, just two catches and 16 yards. He was kind of one of my dark horses there. And then some big names uh, that could have let down here. So I did mention Latavius Murray was a spot start against Carolina. He had a decent workload, but did not score in this one, which I expected him to. Uh, 12 catches, 53 total yards there. And then Josh Jacobs, Zeke Elliott, and Kenyon Drake, of course, getting hurt. Chris Carson getting hurt. And... Um, Le'Veon Bell, as I mentioned, just kind of a, a stutter step coming out of the gate here. But Josh Jacobs, 13 total carries, 20, 31 total yards. So 13 carries, 31 total yards for Josh Jacobs. Tampa Bay legitimately has probably the best run defense in the NFL and maybe the best defense overall, at least their front seven. Obviously, you see the Ravens are great and the Steelers are great. The Colts are really good. The Eagles have a great rushing defense. The 49ers are good. But the Tampa Bay uh, – Buccaneers are absolutely fantastic. So, you know, no excuses for, you know, uh, 31 total yards on 13 touches, but I do expect better days from Josh Jacobs. Although man, he has been uh, struggling big time this season. Zeke Elliott, 13 carries or 13 touches, I should say, and uh, 51 total yards here. Um, I expected them to feed him early. They did. Uh, but unfortunately he was, he was unable to 
uh, get much going here. This offense is horrendous. Now they have Ben DiNucci, as I mentioned, so not looking good for the Cowboys. Chris Carson, again, injured. We'll see what happens with Carlos Hyde and Kenyon Drake carted off as well. Those are your running backs, ballers, and stallers. Let's get into the wide receivers. Tyler Lockett and Devontae Adams, absolutely humongous games this week. You can add A.J. Brown to that list as well. Keenan Allen had a big one too. Tyler Lockett at the top, 15 catches on 20 targets, 200 yards flat, and three touchdowns. 15 for 203 on 20 targets. Incredible game for Tyler Lockett. Devontae Adams, 13 for 196 and two on 16 targets. Deontay Johnson, nine for 80 and two touchdowns on 15 targets before he was injured again. So I expect another big game from Chase Claypool if Deontay Johnson is unable to go next week, but he faded in this one, as you'll hear in a second. Tyler Boyd, 11 catches on 13 targets, 101 and a touchdown. Then he had A.J. Brown, six for 153 and a touchdown on eight targets. Most of that came on a, a nice scamper over 50-yard touchdown there for A.J. Brown. He's a beast with the ball in his hands. Same with DJ Moore, finally getting loose behind the defense this year. We didn't see it at all last year. Starting to uh, expand his route tree a little bit this year and get him down the field, which is nice. Five targets, four catches, 93 yards, and two touchdowns for DJ Moore. Noop Hawkins, 10 catches, 101, uh, 103, excuse me, and a touchdown on 12 targets against Seattle. Chris Godwin, nine for 88 and a touchdown on nine targets. He did fracture a bone in his finger. He will be out for week eight. I expect Scotty Miller to get more work who was six for 109 in the touchdown in this game on nine targets as well. Mike Evans has been great with Chris Godwin out of the lineup. Also keep an eye on Tyler Johnson as a sneaky stash as well. Keenan Allen, 10 for 125 on 13 targets. Cole Beasley, 11 for 112, which is a career high for him on 12 targets. Terry McLaurin, seven for 90 and a score on 11 targets. Nelson Aguilar, five for 107 and a touchdown on nine targets. Kurt, Christian Kirk, uh, another two touchdown performance. Five for 37 and two on eight targets and a couple honorable mentions here under 20 fantasy points between 20 and 15 and PPR Calvin Ridley, T Higgins, Sterling Shepard and Tyreek Hill all had a touchdown. Julio Jones, eight for 97. Juju Schuster had arguably his best game of the year. I had him as a, uh, you know, sit of the week, but I'm glad to see he came back with 14 targets nine catches, 85 yards. So again, 95, 85 yards on 14 targets is nothing to uh, write home about, but I'm glad to see him uh, back in action. Hopefully he can start scoring soon. Brandon Ayuk filling in well for Debo Samuel, who left this game with a hamstring issue. Six catches, 115 yards, and seven targets. He should have another big game this coming week for Seattle. Randall Cobb, eight for 95. Kenny Galladay, six for 114. A lot of that on the final drive. And then Curtis Samuel, six for 48 on six targets, but he had a rushing touchdown. Rashard Higgins, six for 110, filling in for Odell Beckham. He is a big pickup this week, which I will talk about in a little bit. Jalen Guyton, another deep touchdown from Justin Herbert. Amari Cooper had a seven for 80, so not crazy, but he did get you 15 and a half fantasy points there. And then Marcus Callaway for the Saints, eight for 75 on 10 targets. I'd like to see that. And A.J. Green had a nice game as well, seven for 82 couple stallers here under 15 fantasy points. Travis Fulgham had five for 73, which I think is really great, but 11 targets, five catches. You want to see that, you know, that has to increase eight catches, nine catches on, on 11 targets will be much more um, beneficial. So hopefully that goes up, but he looks to be the bona fide number one here with DJX going out again and Alshon Jeffrey, not yet playing. 
Jalen Rager is eligible to play this next week. We'll see if he actually does, but um, it'll be interesting to see how Philadelphia actually uh, pulls through the next couple of weeks. Debo Samuel, before he left, five for 65. Again, he did great, but pulled up with a hamstring. Cooper Cup, six for 43. Unfortunately, Russell Gage, six for 54. Allen Robinson, four for 70. God, this guy needs a quarterback so bad. Jarvis Landry, five for 48. Golden Tate, one for 39 in the touchdown. His only catch was a 39-yard touchdown. Stephon Diggs, six for 48. And Traquan Smith, I expected to have a huge game, four for 54. Another mention, of course, Odell Beckham on the first uh, – Pass of the game was intercepted from uh, Baker Mayfield and Odell went to make a tackle on the tackle tore his ACL and he is out for the season. As I mentioned at the top of the episode, all right, let's get into the uh, tight ends of the week. Harrison Bryant, the rookie steps in, gets the start over David Njoku with Austin Hooper out. We're going to talk about Harrison Bryant a little bit more in a second in the uh, waiver wire pickups, but 22 fantasy points, great game, four for 56, two touchdowns on five targets, Rob Gronkowski, Turning back the clock big time here. Number two on the week, five for 62 and a touchdown on eight targets. I expect more work for him. He's looking better. He's looking fresh. He's got the camaraderie with Tom, obviously. He got a nice fade route where he just mossed a defender and, and put his big paws out there and took the ball away. Chris Godwin set to miss time here. So I do expect him to uh, uh, in, uh, increase his role in this offense and continue to be a red zone uh, target there. And look, with tight ends, we know, most of these guys with four, five, six targets and 50, 60 yards. But if they get a touchdown, they're up in the top five here. Darren Waller, six for 50 and a touchdown on nine targets. TJ Hawkinson, five for 59 and a touchdown on six targets. Logan Thomas, four for 60 and a touchdown on four targets. Richard Rogers for the Eagles. We'll talk about him in the waiver column as well. Six for 85 on eight targets. And Albert O, seven for 60. Noah Fant pulled up limp again in this game. Hayden Hurst, six for 68 on seven. Gerald Everett. Four for 28 and one on five targets. Higby droppable, in my opinion, after those three games. Uh, Jared Everett is the man when he's healthy. Jared Cook, three for 32 and one. Nice game from Eric Ebron as well. Eight targets here. Six for 50. And Evan Ingram, nine targets. Six for 46. Man, this guy has so much more potential than that. But we'll take it, I guess. Ten fantasy points is all right. George Kittle, somewhat of a staller by his standards, but he's still got you 10 fantasy points from a tight end. Not bad. Five for 55 on national tight end day on seven targets. And then uh, David Njoku also played for the Browns. He did get a score as well as Virgil Green and Donald Partnum for the Chargers. Jay Sternberger also got a touchdown there. A couple stallers here with single-digit touchdown uh, points that you may have started. Jimmy Graham, five for 31. Uh, Noah Fant, three for 38 on seven targets before he went out. Travis Kelsey, three for 31 on three targets. His work game of the season for sure. He'll be just fine, as you know. Hunter Henry, three for 23 on seven targets. Robert Tunyon, two for 32 and two touchdowns. I had mentioned multiple times, and I told multiple people this week, as long as Tay Adams is healthy, Robert Tunyon might catch a touchdown, but there were two other tight ends in this game for the Packers that caught touchdowns. Robert Tunyon did not, so be careful with him. Rob, you know, Rogers doesn't care, right? He's going to get to the open guy. He's going to look at Tay Adams. If he's not open, he's going to look at his running back. If he's not open, he'll find somebody else. And Robert Tunyon uh, had that huge game three weeks ago with Tay out. But now that Tay is back, I do not expect Robert Tunyon to have huge games. Frequently, at least, he could catch a touchdown or two any given time because of his offense. But uh, be careful there. Dalton Schultz, two for 22. You can get rid of Cowboys best you possibly can. Uh, unfortunately, they have just taken a turn for the worse. And John Smith, one for nine on four targets. He's coming back from a little bit of a lingering 
injury. Anthony Ferkser only had two targets as well, so they just weren't really targeting the tight end position here. So I do expect um, the Titans to uh, get back to basics when they're not playing a stellar defense like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm not worried about John Smith, but just uh, something to keep an eye out here. All right, let's go with your top six tight uh, top six defenses. Excuse me, who had ten or more fantasy points? The Chiefs beat up on the Broncos. Two touchdowns, two picks, two fumble recoveries, three sacks, sixteen points against twenty-one fantasy points, leading the way there. Washington football team was a huge stream. I started them everywhere I possibly could against this Dallas front. I think you should do that as long as Zach Martin is out. One pick, six sacks, a safety, and just three points given up there. The Bills, two interceptions, three, uh, six sacks, excuse me, 10 points against the 49ers, four interceptions, two sacks, and six points against the Rams, against the Bears, two picks, four sacks, and four, uh, excuse me, 24 points against, pardon me. And then the Bears, um, one touchdown, one foam recovery, one sack, and one block. Uh, for the Bears there a couple of streaming defenses that may have let you down with zero or negative fantasy points the Cardinals against Seattle I don't think anybody would have done that um, the Panthers against this oh, New Orleans Saints I don't think anybody would have done that either the New England Patriots however against the 49ers are started in many leagues negative one fantasy points there the Bengals versus Cleveland Negative fantasy points, giving up 37 points. The Texans versus Green Bay, negative two. The Seahawks, negative five. And the Raiders versus Tampa Bay, negative eight fantasy points there. So if you were stuck at quarter or, um, excuse me, stuck at uh, defense and you needed to start somebody, that was uh, frustrating, clearly. Give a shout out to the top kickers of the week who got you double digit fantasy points here. Tyler Bass of the Buffalo Bills, six field goals. He attempted eight. So he missed two field goals, still got 21 fantasy points there for the Bills. Uh, the Bills beat the Jets with six field goals. Only the Jets had four total yards in the second half. Zane Gonzalez for the Cardinals, 15 points. Matt Prater, 15 points. Harrison Butker, 14 points. Jason Myers, 12 points. Will Lutz, 11. Randy Bullock, 10. And Robbie Gold for the 49ers, 10 points as well. All right, those are the ballers and stallers for week seven heading into week eight before i get into the week eight waiver wire column please make sure to leave a rate and review right here on the podcast it takes just a second i know it may be silly but it's a big deal for us it really helps us kind of gain some street cred we have a lot of great support and i know that from the dms and the messages i get from you all so i super appreciate it it would really really mean the world to me if you could just take a second and uh, leave a, a quick review, you know, just a couple words, a few sentences, even if it's not all positive, that's okay. Please just give us an honest review. A five-star review would be great if you think we've earned it. If not, give us something else and let us know why. We appreciate your feedback. Also follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCKpod and on Twitter at TCK underscore pod. I get to every single DM all week long. Send me your uh, start sit questions. Send me any trade offers that you have. And I've been helping people out with that all season long. We've been doing pretty well with those and uh, make sure that you also reach out to me if you need to patch any bye weeks or anything coming up as well. And please go check out our rankings and our articles at tzkpod.com. All right, let's check in on the week eight waiver wire pickups. So quick reminder, the teams on by this week, the Arizona Cardinals, the Washington football team, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans. So take those guys out of your lineup. 
drop the dead weight if you can, but be careful to not drop guys that you can't risk not getting back. Okay. Teams coming off of a bye this week that were unavailable last week. Obviously they're coming back though. And some names and some teams to consider with players that you may be able to get for free that were dropped out of spite last week, or just dead weight that you might be able to capitalize on Baltimore Ravens, Miami Dolphins, Minnesota Vikings, and Indianapolis Colts. Now, again, because most usable weekly quarterbacks are rostered at this point, let's look at a few streamers. Always make sure to take a longer peek at the waiver wire for quarterbacks and other positions, of course, that may have been dropped due to the bye week or injury and are now eligible for lineups. So they're coming off of IR or they're ready off of um, injury in general, or they are um, coming back off of a bye week, right? So always look for those extra uh, names that people may not be uh, thinking are even available. All right, here are my top five quarterback streamer recommendations for week eight. Carson Wentz versus Dallas. He's a top eight quarterback the last two weeks. QB four versus Baltimore, which is obviously very impressive. Could be getting Jalen Rager back. Deshaun Jackson is out, but he hasn't really been in most of the season, so I'm not worried about that loss, unfortunately. Miles Sanders could be coming back soon. Dallas Goddard could be coming back soon. We can get Alshon Jeffrey potentially. So keep an eye on Carson Wentz here versus Dallas is a plus matchup for sure. And he could be a, uh, a nice uh, option moving down. Now, if you've been listening to podcasts all summer, you know that I'm not a fan of Dallas or uh, Carson Wentz in general. He was one of my do not draft players. I faded him everywhere. I don't draft any Carson Wentz. However, we're at the point of the season now where you're looking for the streamer quarterback, especially in super flex leagues. If you, if you, uh, if you can, he's probably rostered, I'm sure, in Superflex. But if there's any, you know, a couple of these guys out here that might have, a, you know, top 10, top five weekly upside, you want to go look at that. And Carson Wentz is definitely that guy moving forward. Teddy Bridgewater against Carol, uh, Atlanta. This is Thursday, so jump on this one if you can. Falcons are the worst against fantasy quarterbacks. I had mentioned that the last couple of weeks with my starts of the week, which is um, – And Teddy Bridgewater will probably be a start of the week this week as well. So keep an eye on that. It drops on Friday, so I won't be mentioning Teddy Bridgewater because the game is on Thursday. But just keep an eye on how he does in general with or without Christian McCaffrey. I had Kirk Cousins two weeks ago crushed against Atlanta. Matt Stafford, not amazing, but got it in at the last uh, second there to salvage the day. So I think Teddy could do the same thing. Baker Mayfield, even without Odell Beckham. He was 22 for 23, 297, and five touchdowns after OBJ went out of the game. He gets the Raiders coming up next. Tom Brady just threw uh, four touchdowns and rushed for another one. Baker Mayfield could go off in this game here. Derek Carr in the same game versus Cleveland. QB 16 in four of six games this year. And Joe Burrow of the Bengals just put up 35 fantasy points a.k.a. QB4 against Cleveland last week. So look at Derek Carr potentially. And Tua, Tonga Valoa, against the Rams. Look, against the Rams, I don't expect him to do much, okay? The Rams have a very, very stout uh, defensive coverage, a uh, defensive line and coverage secondary, so I don't expect that. However, his upcoming schedule for kind of a longer-term stash is definitely worth the stash. He's at Arizona in two weeks. He's got the Chargers at home at Denver at the Jets, and then Cincinnati weeks 9 through 13 down the stretch, all top five, uh, 15 matchups for fantasy quarterbacks. So look at Tua Tungavaloa as far as a stash. I don't like him this week for the Rams, but I do like him longer term. And you and if he puts up an average game this week, he's going to be picked up by everybody, I think, because of the hype next week. So if you have an extra spot 
uh, or you're dropping somebody on IR this week or something, and you can just lay somebody on your bench for an extra week, look at Tua Tunga below. All right, running backs. Now, this is a long shot here. Chase Edmonds, last week, 21 and a half fantasy points, five carries, 80, 58 rushing yards, seven receptions, 87 rushing yards, or receiving yards, excuse me. He has a bye week this week, okay, versus Miami. Now, this is a long shot, but worth a reminder, in case your league mates are sleeping on waivers or they don't pay attention to post bye week ads, Chase Edmonds is easily a top waiver wire ad if available. So take a look. With Kenyon Drake getting carted off of the field with a serious knee injury, unfortunately, Edmonds is now set to be the featured back for at least the next couple of weeks, as I mentioned, and maybe even longer when Drake returns, all right? So, again, Edmonds is on a bye this week, so you can't use him this week. But if you can stash him, grab him now. Also, take a look if he is uh, dropped in any weeks this week when people process waivers. They might drop Chase Edmonds to make room for somebody else. Go make a claim on him and pick him up immediately if you can do that. He's averaging 6.1 yards per carry, 8.5 yards per reception. The Cardinals are real contenders in the NFC, and we saw Drake go for 800 rushing yards and eight touchdowns last year in just eight games when he was tra- um, moved over from Miami. So I do expect Edmonds to potentially be a true league winner. So if he's not on your waiver wire, maybe consider making a trade offer for him. But the hype is high. You may have to get him this week while he's on a bike because people can't use him anyway. So take a look at Chase Edmonds if available. Again, probably a long shot, but worth a look. Another interesting situation here, Tevin Coleman, 49ers, coming off of IR, and Jamichael Hasty. So I'm going to talk about both these guys, all right? Tevin Coleman first. So Coleman is available on waivers in most leagues because he's been on IR for the last three weeks. Now, he's set to return. We'll see if he actually gets any work or if he's just kind of a longer-term play. But we know that Kyle Shanahan loves him some Tevin Coleman, even though he's not that good. And Jeff Wilson, unfortunately, was carted off the field with an ankle injury after a third touchdown. So Coleman is probably going to be the starter, or at least get the most touches between McKinnon and Jermichael Hasty, who I'll get into in a second. Now, he's not sexy, but if they're down around the goal line, they might trust Coleman to get that work. And whoever gets the top work for the 49ers, you want on your team. So just take a look to see if Tevin Coleman is available as a stash there to see what happens. If not, scoop up. Jamichael Hasty. I assume Jarek McKinnon's owned in um, nearly every league that is serious enough to be listening to podcasts. So I don't expect uh, Jarek McKinnon to be mentioned. And honestly, I'm not sure if I even want him because I don't know if Michael Shanahan wants him. But look at Jamichael Hasty. All right. So, or did I say Mike Shanahan? Wow, that was a um, Broncos uh, OG Redskins. Throwback, I apologize, uh, Kyle Shanahan, clearly, for the 49ers. So, Jermichael Hasty is the fifth man up for the 49ers backfield this season. He has been very impressive in limited work, rushing for 4.9 yards per carry on just 20 carries over his three games. The 49ers run early and often. Again, Jarek McKinnon was, quote-unquote, getting some rest last week, which allowed Wilson to score three touchdowns. Hasey also kind of took the reins after week seven, plus Coleman potentially is coming back. So I think McKinnon is fading out. Maybe some pass catching work, but I think he's fading out. Should be Hasty and Coleman, and I would get one of these guys on your roster if you can and if you're struggling at running back. Third pickup here is Carlos Hyde for the Seahawks. 16 and a half fantasy points last week, 15 carries, 68 rushing yards and a touchdown, three receptions, eight receiving yards. Got the 49ers coming up, of course, in that same game. Now, Carlos Hyde stepped in for Chris Carson after Carson suffered a foot injury. It looks like a midfoot sprain, which is pretty brutal. Hopefully, 
it's not a Liz Frank injury, which is up at the front of the foot, which can really derail guys. We saw Murray Cooper struggle with it for years. Hopefully that's not the case. Um, Hyde scored a 24 yard touchdown, had 16 touches total and 76 total yards, which we like to see. They also have DJ Dallas out there, the rookie out of Miami. So I expect Carlos Hyde to be the lead dog. If Car- if Chris Carson can't go, I don't expect Carson to play this week against the 49ers. However, we've seen him play through injuries multiple times. We've seen him succeed through injuries questionable coming in. We know he's tough as nails. We know that that run style for Seattle um, doesn't quit. So if he comes back, Carson could still get some work, but then they can also use Carlos Hyde and or DJ Dallas. But I think Carlos Hyde is worth a pickup. He fooled us a few weeks ago when we ever we all everyone rushed out to the uh, waiver wire, picked him up, and then he was actually absent for the game. We'll see what happens. If you got a spot, though, I do think it's worth it because if Carson does have a Liz Frank injury or uh, it turns into an ankle issue or a, a, you know a, a serious foot sprain, which you can't go, then I think um, Hyde could be potentially a multiple week spot start here uh, as Seattle has some plus matchups. So keep it on. Carlos Hyde and a deeper leagues uh, look at Jim, um, uh, Jim Michael Hasty, excuse me, for the 49ers, but also DJ Dallas there. A couple honorable mentions here for running back. Take a look at the Ravens running backs. Again, they're coming off a bye. I prefer Dobbins, then Ingram, and then Edwards. So I expect, I expect Dobbins to become the lead back. Ingram suffered a high ankle sprain on his way out um, last week before the bye. I expect him to, you know, still get some work if he's healthy enough. And we've seen Gus Edwards obviously get a lot of work as well, but it's clear that JK Dobbins is the one getting, you know, the explosive plays. Gus Edwards has been great, but he's kind of a plotter taking up work. They can use JK Dobbins in the passing game and in the running game. I expect them to do that. And I expect him to get uh, significantly more work as the season progresses and as this offense is looking to fill the gaps and really make a run for the playoffs here. So keep an eye on the running backs for the Ravens coming off of by, I prioritize them personally, Dobbins, Ingram, Edwards. Also look at Alexander Madison coming off of a bye. I know he had a bunk game two weeks ago, let everybody down. Trust me. I started him everywhere as well Four fantasy points, like not getting it done. I understand, but look, he had a hundred fantasy points. He had hundred fantasy points. He had 136 total yards on 23 total touches in week five at Seattle in one half. All right. So the talent is there. He can get it done. You should have him. If you're the Dalvin Cook owner, you need to have him. If you dropped him in spite to make room for somebody else, you should get him back just in case he is still a prioritized handcuff in fantasy football. Keep it on Naheem Hines as well in deeper leagues and PPR coming off a bye as well. Kind of primarily PPR suggestion here, but you know he gets work in the passing game, and the Colts really have a chance to use all three running backs in a plus matchup at the Lions in Week Eight. Okay, wide receivers here: Cole Beasley, big game, a career uh, receiving game, one twelve through the air. He gets New England um, again. You know, I think there is definitely a world where Stephon Gilmore is going to have to go up against Stephon Diggs. Okay, and Cole Beasley can slide around in the slot. Gabriel Davis has been a nice kind of fun play, but I think Cole Beasley really has gained the trust from Josh Allen. And I'm not sure that uh, John Brown is going to be healthy enough to play here. Dawson Knox also missed last week. Both those guys could potentially be out for another couple of weeks. So keep an eye on Cole Beasley. Buffalo's next three games 
after, or excuse me, before their week 11 bye are favorable for Beasley. They get New England, Seattle, and then at Arizona. So keep an eye on Beasley and uh, potentially go grab him for the next couple of weeks. And if you haven't mentioned already, my shout out to him for his rap game, go check out um, go just YouTube Cole Beasley freestyle uh, with Bebe. Um, pretty, uh, pretty dope flow, to be honest. All right, next up, Rashard Higgins for the Cleveland Browns. Last week, 70 fan, 17 fantasy points, six catches, 110 receiving yards. He gets the Raiders coming up. Again, he should be the number two now with the Browns with Odell Beckham out for the season with a torn ACL. Higgins saw six targets last week, which is exactly as many as he saw in the other four games this year that he's played. So unlike those games, however, he eclipsed 100 receiving yards with 110 and caught all six of his targets there. So I like Higgins. He should be picked up everywhere with Odell being out. Also keep an eye on Donovan Peoples-Jones, who will also get some additional looks, but until last week had not caught a pass yet. So I don't expect him to jump in immediately, but another name. And Jarvis Landry still nursing a bruised rib. Austin Hooper is out probably another game recovering from an appendectomy from appendicitis. So keep an eye on, on uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones. Obviously John, uh, Jarvis Landry's picked up, but Look at uh, Rashard Higgins as well. And I'm going to talk about Harrison Bryant, their tight end as well here in just a second. Also another note on Higgins, he played all 28 of Baker Mayfield's dropbacks. So no other Browns uh, did that. Jarvis Landry played 27, Higgins played 28. So he was out on the field in all those packages. A couple honorable mention wide receivers, Preston Williams coming off a bye versus the Rams. Look, he has three touchdown receptions over his last four games. I do not expect him to blow up against the Rams. Same thing with Tua, but he's a long-term stash. I think he should be on rosters and beat the waiver wire this week, picking up Preston Williams in, again, should be a rough matchup, but I do expect uh, him to be solid moving down the stretch here. And hopefully Tua can target him more than Fitz did. He only had 25 targets compared to Devontae Parker's 40 in six games. But if you listen to me preseason, Preston Williams last year before his week nine uh, ACL tear was actually outpacing Devontae Parker in targets, receiving yards um, and receptions. So I think that uh, he could potentially turn it around. Great talent just needs to get loose. And I think he's starting to get healthy. Hopefully his bye week helped him out there. Another mention Nelson Aguilar of the Raiders against those Browns, 40 receiving yards and a touchdown in three straight games. Joe Burrow just threw for four Oh six, as I mentioned, and the Bengals receivers as a group scored 42 and a half. PPR fantasy points last week versus the Browns. This should be another shootout with a little bit of defense from the Raiders and the Browns. So I expect them to be um, high flying offenses and now Snagler could be a sneaky play there. Brandon Ayuk stepping in for Debo Samuel six for one fifteen on seven targets. Debo again, suffered that hamstring injury. So he could be potentially out this week for sure, but maybe a couple moving forward. Seattle has allowed 14 wide receivers to finish as wide receiver 31 or better in just six weeks. So think about that. The Seahawks have played six games a season. Let's say three wide receivers are relevant per week on average. That's a total of 18 wide receivers, right? They've allowed 14 of them to finish as a wide receiver 31 or better so far in 2020 with IU getting carries as well and seeing at least five targets in all but two games this season. I think he's a great splash start against Seattle uh, with Debo being out. Um, so take a, take a look at, at, uh, at Brandon Ayuk that are a few waiver wires for the 49ers. And lastly, Jalen Rager, again, activated off of IR after a thumb injury. I'm not sure that he's going to play right away. Eagles have a bye coming up, so they could just rest him. But he may just 
again, be worth stashing potentially with Deshaun Jackson being out six to eight weeks and potentially the rest of the season. Alshon Jeffrey is not yet played. The tight ends have been hurt. Zach, uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. So when Rager plays, I think he should jump in right away to a starting role alongside Fulgham and Ward. So I like Jalen Rager. I think he's got a great talent. I'm excited to see him play the um, the deeper role there with Carson Wentz. So again, kind of a beat your waiver wire ad there, Jalen Rager. A couple tight ends we'll get out of here. Harrison Bryant, as I mentioned, for the Browns. Great game uh, filling in, getting a start there for Austin Hooper. Four catches, 56 yards, and two touchdowns. Gets the Raiders coming up. Hooper's out recovering from an epidectomy. And Hunter Bryant's season high snap share was 77%. He had, excuse me, he had season highs in snap share with 77%, targets in five, receiving yards of 56, and touchdowns with two. So more impressively, he drew the start over David Njoku, which is good news for Harrison Bryant. Baker Mayfield feeds the tight ends in the red zone even more in the end zone, and he should see a higher level of uh, volume now that Odo Beckham is out for the season and Hooper is potentially out for another week or two as well. So keep an eye on Harrison Bryant there. And Richard Rodgers for the Eagles filling in for Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Six catches, 85, 85 yards gets Dallas coming up. I mentioned Richard Rodgers last week in the waiver wire column. But I also mentioned Jason, Jason Kroom, who caught a fluky touchdown, and then Dallas Goddard, who should be picked up absolutely as well. Um, but essentially, I was just trying to find who the Eagles would put as their top-end guy. Clearly, it was Richard Rodgers this week. So Zach Ertz has um, – go, he is going to be out for the next two weeks, at least with the IR. Goddard still is on the IR, and I think he'll most likely be on the IR through week nine. So Rodgers should become that guy again for this week. Now, he had six catches on eight targets for 85 yards. Right, this is a quote Dallas Goddard stat line, but oddly enough, in six games that Goddard, or excuse me, this is a Zach Ertz stat line, in the six weeks enough uh, that Ertz was healthy, he saw more than eight targets just twice and more than six receptions just once, and he had a season high of seventy yards in week three. Rodgers had eighty-five last week, so I do expect um, Rodgers to have a nice big game against the Cowboys. Look, Ertz and Goddard are going to take that role back when they're healthy but use Rodgers while you can. Two honorable mentions, and I'll blaze through the rest of these here for a recap. Irv Smith for the Vikings coming off of a bye. There's talks that Adam Thielen could potentially get traded. Kyle Rudolph could potentially get traded. Either way, Irv Smith looks like the future of this passing offense outside of Justin Jefferson. So keep an eye on him, especially in Dynasty Leagues, but in Superflex, maybe take a flyer on him if you get stuck. He's seen four catches on five targets and at least 55 yards over the last two games. So keep an eye on him. And then Trey Burton of the Colts against the lions again, coming off of bye. Burton has seen at least five targets in the three games that he has played. And Phillip rivers refuses to throw to his wide receivers as we've seen with T um, Y Hilton. So Burton scored twice before the bye week, one uh, on a reception. Another was a carry out of the wildcat formation. So keep an eye on uh, Trey Burton there as the, uh, uh, multifaceted um, tight end there for the Colts. So quick recap, and we will get out of here for the waiver wire pickup teams on by Cardinals, football team, Jaguars, Texans teams coming off by Ravens, Dolphins, Vikings, Colts quarterback mentions Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Tua Tungavaloa running backs, Chase Edmonds, Tevin Coleman, Jermichael hasty, Chris, uh, Carlos Hyde, excuse me. Honorable mentions, the Ravens backfield, Dobbins, Ingram, Edwards, and then Alexander Madison and Naheem Hines. Wide receivers, Cole Beasley, 
Rashard Higgins. Also keep an eye on Donovan Peoples-Jones and then Preston Williams, Nelson Aguilar, Brandon Ayuk, and Jalen Rager as my honorable mentions. And then tight ends, Harrison Bryant for the Browns and Richard Rodgers for the Eagles. And then a couple honorable mentions, Irv Smith Jr. and Trey Burton. That's a long one, y'all. That is the Ballers and Sellers for week seven. Waiver wire pickups for week eight. Coming up next is our boy Dweez Nuts with the Stat Rat breakdown for week seven. Coming up uh, Wednesday, we have Bobby LaMarco of Fantasy Football X Factor for the early games. Lucas Kaser on Thursday for the late games. Chris Benavides of the Commission FFP on Friday for the TCK pod recap and preview. Let us know what you want to hear for uh, week episode 300. Just a couple episodes away here. Let us know what you want. Shoot us a DM, Instagram, fantasy football, underscore TCK pod, and Twitter at TCK underscore pod. Leave us a five-star review, please, right here where you're listening to the episode and give us an honest review. Also, go check out our rankings and article at tckpod.com. Appreciate you. Episode 290 in the books. Have a wonderful, wonderful week and a start to your week eight, and I will catch you next time. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.